Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thinks. See, I've been through a desert on the horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. I was listening to this on the way over here. Nice. It's part of my anti-seasonal affective disorder play- <laughs> playlist. Something it's- that reminds you of a desert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the imagery of it not raining, and I like the imagery of sun shining. And he talks about the desert as a, what is it? A city with its life underground. I like thinking about that. Hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Me and my classic rock. Me and my, if I had a Miata and my 50 year old manness inside, (laughs) that's that's what I am. (laughs) Someday you can glorify that, but in the female version. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that would look like. I think I need to get a mullet probably either way. That could work. Yeah. Or just color, color the hair fancy. Some. Yeah. Eccentric. (laughs) Eccentric. Yeah. I, so as you know, I do not come from, I come from, quote, the wrong side of the tracks. And so I used to joke all the time, like growing up, my cousins are basically the kids from Ricky Bobby, you know, like, <laughs> I'm going to spider monkey kick yeah, you, yeah. fat turd, like those kids. Um, and we all wore these like, I mean, we were one step away from a mullet, I think, as a family. It, we I mean, it was just the way it, it was. Yeah, and yeah. You know those like old wolf t-shirts? Oh, the howling wolves? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh-huh. we wore those unironically. Like that was actually yeah. part of our- I think I think everybody in that era had at least one wolf t-shirt. Yes, yes. I mean- Yes. It was- <laughs> It was a thing. <laughs> uh, yes, it was a thing. And so we had like tiger t-shirts and wolf t-shirts and oh, the lightning fun. strikes in the background and the yeah. thunderstorms. And anyway, so- I feel like if I revert to my 50-year-old man who drives a Miata state, I will also need my wolf t-shirt. That's fair. So what's good with you this week? My what's good is being home and just having, you know, a place of sanctuary, place that's kind of peace. I think everybody needs just somewhere that they can find a little little peace. And if you share a home, then find a room or go <laughs> find a garden somewhere. Or, mm-hmm. You know, everybody needs a little little sanctuary so that's my what's good is just trying to enjoy my sanctuary yeah what has (laughs) to your comfort level of course what has brought you to feeling like oh i'm so glad to be home now it's just been a little chaotic Mm -hmm. i've i've been uh all over the place helping with different things and it's been a lot and i'm just glad to kind of settle and marinate in a place that i feel comfortable (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah yeah michaela's got some hufflepuff energy she helps a lot of people and does a lot of really good things and also likes to be in her own space (laughs) yes and sometimes because of that i also have poor boundaries (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm hey, working we, on it. <laughs> did we do an episode on that? Episode we four. Did. I know, Reinforce I know. those boundaries. Uh, I'm working on it. Isn't it weird to sometimes listen back to those episodes when you're editing? You're like, man, I'm smart. I wish I did that <laughs> stuff that I said I was going to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. If only I truly lived fully this way. Yeah. I re-listened to the last episode just to remember. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I did my homework right. But what did I actually say I was going to do? And I re-listened to it. I was like, that was a great idea. You didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> if you would have actually done that, you might feel a little better. Right. Anyway. Uh, well, what's your what's good? So my what's good this week is actually a little related to the song I was singing, which is I... In the, in the winter months, one of the ways that I stave off the bad juju is mm-hmm. I go to areas that are either, uh, like, in the town I live in, either tropical or sub-Saharan. And so nice. there are – there's, like, zoos near me. Oh, and yeah, yeah. so I can go to the zoo and there's, like, a desert area of the zoo yes. or a rainforest area of the zoo. Hell and I yeah. just sit in there and I can absorb it. Yes. And so it, like, has this really – it's almost like it resets the clock for a couple weeks for me with the – Oh, cool. Yeah, because something about the light – I'm assuming I'm just photosynthesizing or something. I don't even, I don't know what's going on. It's a fungus among us because I go in there and I just sit down and I take a book and I read and I That's kind of a genius idea. Yeah. Actually. First of all, thank you. No one recognizes my genius. Like I imagine everybody walks past you like, who the fuck is this person reading in this zoo? Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's definitely. I kind of dig it. I've got a real Mad Hatter vibe. I like. <laughs> I, got my, I got my own thing totally going on. But yeah, so you can sit in the zoo or I'll go to the botanical gardens and there's a mm. kind of more rainforesty area, greenhousey area. Yeah. And if I sit in there, it's the same sort of effect. Something about the light that they're feeding the plants is the light that my brain needs. And so yep. I don't know. And and it's really warm and mm-hmm. it just totally resets the buttons. So yeah, I'm I'm going through a desert on the horse with no name. And yeah, did you go and indulge in some of that then? Yes, Good. I have. I have. I have been doing that, and it it like I said, it does wonders. My mom, ugh, mom, you can't keep doing this. <laughs> she goes to the tanners. Oh um, yeah, because it yeah. does. It feels yeah. good. Mm-hmm, it does. I know. Yeah, I had to fight that one off for a while too. <sighs> Fun fact: I used to work at a tanner, tanning salon. Mm-hmm. Never actually. Um, you never actually tanned? I didn't do it. Yeah, because I... Yeah, because it's horrible. Oh, I know, but it feels so good. Yeah, that was... <laughs> that's exactly what my mom says. <laughs> yeah, it does. It feels like if, if you've got any case of the seasonal stuff, then it just... Oh, it's glorious. But yeah. I have to imagine it's kind of like smoking. I don't know yeah. all the studies, but it's probably not... Yeah, it's really bad. ...ideal. But in that moment when you're cooking... <sighs> mm-hmm. Well, and the problem is if you haven't... If you're not like a regular cooker, you can't actually sit in there for very long. So you don't really fully get to like yeah. marinate in it because yeah. otherwise you're going to be. How do- I could never imagine you tanning. Tell me all about this oh, right no. away. We don't yes. need to go on that tangent. Yes. No, no, no. Did I just you- used to tan. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Was that because that was it was really cool when we were young to yeah. be like super brown. Yeah. Well, in our, well, our, our small town, the little uh, salon had a, a little tanning booth. So. Nice. Y'all had the stickers. Oh, nice! Put a little heart <laughs> tan. Was it like one of? The, was the stickers like a palm tree or something like Normally, that? Normally, we had like a heart and a Playboy bunny. Oh yes! <laughs> oh my god, that's right! Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. Oh my god! How- I normally would use the heart. Okay. <laughs> Whatever bun. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I totally fucking forgot about those things. Yeah. I remember thinking girls with those were so cool. So cool. That was the thing. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I was not cool enough for it. My emo pasty ass was just like, ah, I'm going to lean into what I got going on over here, <laughs> <laughs> which is super uncool. My alabaster porcelain skin. <laughs> I didn't always do it during like winter months. It mostly just like once prom season was coming up, like I didn't want to go to prom all winter pasty. Yeah. So then I would like tan up real hard. <laughs> Have you ever done the... um? The, the the chemical the spray stuff i did yeah but they the way it goes on your hands and your joints and then it like kind of like comes off in spots really yeah oh. i've never found a real great one and man and even like the rub on lotions i've tried before too but then again sometimes you still if you don't wash it off your hands just right really yeah i've do none of these things. <laughs> I don't know. That's if good. You can tell. I stopped doing those things. <laughs> uh, you know, too much energy. Yeah, it really, it really is. We were just talking last episode about not wearing real waistbands. So at yes. this point, making yep. myself look anything other than what I look the like. natural color I am in this season. <laughs> yeah, this is what, what it is. This is what we're doing. I will sit in the desert area of the zoo, or I will sit in the botanical garden. But that's what you got. Yeah. So how did your uh, homework go this week? Well, I didn't do anything that relates to my homework probably okay (laughs) and tell me more about that this week i was so focused on helping other people i did not take much time for myself to reflect on all i think because i think it was thought management kind of stuff so i just didn't really take the time yeah um to be frank well i you know i can totally see i think i think you and i might have a similarity here i'm assuming where if you're in the room with a lot of really heavy energy or a lot of really intense emotional experience or even just medium levels, you can just kind of zap into that other person's experience and totally focus on that and yep. them, what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they need. Yep. And then you can constantly attend to what they need. And it's like you're just kind of an extension of their brain for a little while. Yeah. You're just yeah. kind of helping them function. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's not... <laughs> Not quite, but yeah. Yeah, it's not the best for either of us, but it's definitely a, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but yeah. Yeah. I assume that you're very good at it. Yeah. It was just an intense week of some grief stuff happening with, with people, so. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, that. so I did not do anything for myself mentally thinking about, I mean, I did, I did do some meditations and stuff, so I did hey, continue that. That's amazing. So boom, there yeah. you go. <laughs> How about you? Who wants to touch me? <laughs> yeah, come at me. <laughs> Who wants to fucking touch me? Um, I didn't I did something, but it wasn't what I said I was gonna do. Okay. So I continued last week I said I just wanna kind of ease up on myself in the unrelenting standards mm. schema. Yeah. Which I actually did do some of that. It, it just wasn't in this department that I thought it would be. So I thought it was gonna mm. be like not wearing waistbands and which I continue to do and wearing robes and slippers and stuff which is definitely that something. one came easier than planned <laughs> yeah I just I just kept right on but the way that I am doing it now is that I've just been having some health stuff lately and so I am really relaxing my standards on perfectionism in regards to how I take care of other people mm. and how I perform maybe in terms of an achievement sort of stance. And that's really hard for me. But right now, I actually simply cannot do the things that I used to do. And so um, it's so easing up. Yeah, it's yeah. just there's really no choice in the matter. And so 
it's interesting. Uh, the more I practice it, the easier it gets, I would say. It's not yeah. like if I tried this in my early 20s, I probably would have had a meltdown. But <laughs> now it's it's not like the end of the world. But I find that I'm able to take care of myself more and just kind of so examples would be that if somebody wants me to call them right away, it's like, well, I don't actually, I can't. Like, yeah, I don't that's have... not going to happen. In fact, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, but it could be <laughs> maybe the end of the week. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just might not get to it. There's just I don't know. I don't have the energy for it. Or I, I'm often very, very empathetic to the experiences of others. And sometimes, you know, when you have low energy and you have that unrelenting standard for yourself, but you can't meet it, you—that's the first thing that goes. You're yeah. like, yeah, I actually. Mm-hmm don't have a lot of extra effort for this. You know that thing is bad for you. You've done it a billion times. Mm-hmm. I love you, homie. Stop doing the thing. Like, and so it's, right. I mean, it's kind of nice. That's so, it came in an unexpected way, but that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Which really, again, almost goes back to the boundaries. You're like firming up boundaries yeah. and focusing on your self-care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like decreasing the unrelenting standards. Yes. yes. Absolutely. So kind of an opposite experience this week. But that's it works it is what it is so this week we're going to be talking a little bit about what it's really like to be a therapist yeah what the therapist is experiencing and trying to do while we're active listening so i'm going to ask Michaela, and we're just going to kind of play off of each other a little bit here with what our and i actually don't know this about her uh, but what our experiences are yeah so when a new client first walks in what sorts of things are you thinking or doing or noticing? Yeah. So when some before someone even walks in, if I'm able, mm-hmm. which I know you do too, chart review. Like if if there is any information that I can have on the person before they walk mm-hmm. in, I would like to know a little bit of that information. Mm-hmm. So I try to dig around and get a little bit of that information first, um, what their mental health history was, f- physical history, any of that kind of stuff. Um, but then once they walk in, I try and I'm kind of doing a mental status exam. So I'm observing their uh, appearance, you know, their grooming, their hygiene, their behavior. You know, are they lethargic and kind of slow? Are they antsy and kind of bouncy? What's their speech like? You know, rate, tone, rhythm. What's their mood? So how are, are there, is their thought process goal directed? Maybe a little tangential, you know, what's their orientation? judgment, insight, all that kind of stuff. So mental status, that's kind of what that is. Yeah. And mental status for those of you in the audience who are mental practitioners are, it's a quick, it is, we call it behavioral observations. Mm -hmm. So just the reason why we would want to look at somebody's speech, for example, or how their thinking is hanging together or how they are moving or what yep. they're doing non-verbally. The reasons why we do this is it clues us into one, physical conditions that could be going on mm-hmm. that might be underlying the mental health conditions. It could also give us clues to the mental conditions themselves, um, any kind of yep. medication errors or weird stuff going on there. Yeah, like so tardive, you, tardive dyskinesia. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Da, 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 da. That's how it's coming out. Right. Tardive dyskinesia, which is like if you're taking antipsychotics for a long period of time, you get um, what look like Korea, Huntington's kind of Korea movements. Um, and so we might see something like that. Um, it can cue us into dementia-related processes, right. all sorts of things. So basically, first thing we do is lay eyes on somebody. Yeah, we're just observing. Yes. We're just trying to see what 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 
you look like and how you're presenting you know if if it looks and and not in a judgmental way again no. we're not actually we're not trying to judge you we're just trying to assess mm-hmm. <laughs> like re- safety risk like health like are you are you caring for yourself are you super thin and looks like you haven't eaten in forever or mm-hmm. you know are that's maybe a really the, good the opposite too yeah you yeah. know are your eyes sunken in are yes <laughs> you know have you do your bathed? nails looked picked off? Yeah. Um, even those kind of things can give us clues about what's going on with you. Yeah. We can look for skin picking yeah. or um, hair picking or pretty much anything. Yeah. Weight, um, hygiene, all of that. And it's the the most minor amount of physical changes or physical appearances. <laughs> I hope it doesn't sound creepy, but we notice. And, and it's not even mm, – I would say it's not even something we do in a procedural way. No, it's not. And anymore, it's not a conscious thing I do. Right. It's, like I'm not doing a checklist. No. In my head. No, we're we're trained to notice this. From... Initially, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as as young Jedi, as young Padawans, we're trained to do these behavioral observations right off the bat. Uh, we even notice how people are walking. Right. They're, they're Dry, you know, Their have gate. a heel drop, gate, yeah, yeah, any gate disturbance, balance disturbance, and it can tell us or smells in the room. I mean, yeah, it's, we've all right, yeah. Sometimes it's cigarette smelling. You mm-hmm. know, I can, yeah, I can tell you were stressed before you came in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> freaking or, out a little before this, were you? <laughs> or, or maybe you are high right now, sir. Yeah, that too, <laughs> which has happened so many, so many yeah, times. Yeah, it's not. By the way, guys, please don't come into your therapist high. It's not. No, it's it, not going to be effective, guys. It doesn't help us. You're not going to process that well if you're not sober. Yeah. So our very first step is that we just kind of automatically begin to observe what we see in the room. And I mean, even (laughs) you can think about somebody who comes in with a, you know, maybe a, a younger female, super buttoned up, very in shape, collared shirt Mm -hmm. pristine nails and hair yeah right like you kind of get a picture already like clipped language moves in short little bursts like you can kind of you're like "Ah, this person's anxious right (laughs) off the bat you don't you don't need a whole lot of you're just like cool okay so we're talking about anxiety today i mean obviously you let the person have whatever they want to talk about as the forefront but you can get a little hypothesis just off the bat about um, what's going on. And with that, you're then also kind of checking in against that, whatever you saw in their chart. Mm-hmm. So did it say that they were super depressed when they're actually kind of presenting manic? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's something we should look into. <laughs> yes. 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 You can. You can. Yes. That's the other thing we do is we notice discrepancies between what do our notes tell us has been going on here right. and what is visually what actually seems to be happening in the room right now. Right. We might even notice um, things like, besides behavioral observations, we might even notice nonverbals. So uh, one thing that I pay a lot of attention to is nonverbals. I almost, I listen more to the nonverbals than I do to the verbals at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You you feel that way too. To Um, a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, I'm not just... Especially in the beginning, because I feel like people tend to not be fully honest. Right, right. And it's, it's small stuff, Yeah, right? It's like leaning back crossing your arms and looking away or it's like okay so you don't want to talk about that right and and, and yep yep again no (laughs) judgment (laughs) just moving along it's just like picking up what that person is laying down and kind of dancing with that and making sure that you're being attentive to that dance as opposed to just bowling over stuff or steamrolling stuff Mm -hmm. you can notice where they sit in the room 
if their back is to the wall, if they sit really close to you, which always- Yes. <laughs> there are some people who will like scoot the chair right up and it's like, all right. <laughs> ah, I never know what to do with that. I kind of, I'm like, I need a lot of personal space. I'm like, yeah, we're not gonna, I'll just kind of like move my chair back. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't necessarily tell them no. I just yeah. tend to scoot my chair a little yeah. differently. Yes, people, some people scoot their chair right up to you and look you like as close in your eyes as possible and you're like, whoa, yeah. all right, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like that these things mean anything specific one time. It's more like we take it in the context of what the person is saying they're presenting with, what's in the chart, right, plus right. what we're seeing, and then it's over time. Right, yeah. And and we're also just seeing, is could it be a multitude of things? You know, what, what all is going on? So not only are we checking for differential diagnosis with comparing what's in the chart with what they're presenting with and what they're saying, but... Is it maybe also that there's just been other things that have dropped off that nobody has observed or actually documented that, okay, well, this person actually has like, you know, three comorbid diagnosis going on right now. <laughs> right. Like, right, right. Then you're thinking about treatment options, maybe what would be helpful if they had, have they had treatment in the past, what works, maybe what didn't. Are you generally still on the same timeline as far as like when people walk in? I assume you kind of do the same assessments. Yeah. That was, Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I didn't clarify. Yeah. I, for the most part, we're all trained to do – it's called a biopsychosocial assessment. So when somebody walks in, first step is just behavioral observations. What are they doing? What are they yep. saying? Speech, you know, language, all that stuff, gait, balance. Um, and then after that, we are doing an intake. So we do chart review. Then we're doing the biobs. And then we're doing a, assess, a biopsychosocial, which is – you know, social history, medical history, psychological yep. history, um, presenting problem, yep. goal, and environmental, we ask, like all of it. Yep. We're <laughs> Biological, <laughs> social, psychological. Yeah. The whole thing could be called what had happened, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we just basically ask what about this? But what about this? <laughs> what had happened then, though? And yeah. then what happened? Okay, then what had happened then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get a generational trauma, history, just what's going on in the family, family diagnosis, backgrounds. And we start to formulate what's called a case conceptualization. Yeah. Conceptualization. So we... We might say, okay, so what are your goals? What do you? Because we don't. If you don't want to work on it, it's not something that right. we. You might come in with PTSD, but say I'm also like, but also have depression, and be like, I want to work on the depression. I don't want to work on the PTSD right now. Mm -hmm. That's okay, fine. Like, like we don't have to talk about the trauma stuff. Yep, we can leave that for now. Yeah. Now like, we may recommend later. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. For now, keyword. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For now. Yeah. But, but normally, once people get a little opened up and into the process, they are more open you know, open to diving into some of those things that maybe before they were hesitant. Yeah, definitely. And and we never want to work on like, if somebody wants to come in and they want to work on quitting smoking, awesome. We'll help you with that. If yeah. somebody wants to work on their relationships with their family, awesome. We'll help you with that. It is our job to point out other things we're seeing. So we might say like, okay, there's a couple other things going on here. Like right. if we do a mental health history and we're like, okay, this could be three or four things that you might consider. Right. But ultimately it's- Your choice on what- which one we dive down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. It's, it's <laughs> totally up to the person. So like Michaela is saying, there's a lot of assessment occurring right off the bat. And we are doing this intake. But what's actually happening in our heads while clients are talking? Yeah. Well, before I even get to that, I did want to say, I think we sort of talked about it. But I also really try to be very conscientious not of, of my own body language. So I am- I am somebody who bounces my legs. Like, I don't think about it. I just bounce. 
I got mm-hmm. or, or I wiggle my feet or I'm always kind of wiggling around. So I have to like conscientiously not bounce my legs. I try to make sure that my arms are open and not necessarily crossed. Like I am also very aware of how I am presenting and trying to make sure I'm that neutral party too. So I just wanted to throw that in there even in the beginning. Like, so we're trying to be aware of you and aware of us, like, and yeah. how this interaction is coming too. Yeah. Like, how are we vibing together? So there's that little factor going on too. Absolutely. I think in regards to my body language over on this side of the the world, I often tend to mirror without realizing it. Yeah, same. <laughs> so Klein will cross their leg and then I'll cross my leg. And I don't even <laughs> know I'm doing it, but I notice I do it more when I'm more in tune with somebody. So as soon as I'm kind of like, or, you know, they'll make a fa- facial expression and my face will kind of start to do the same facial mm-hmm. expression. I would say over time, it gets a lot easier to not, I mean, people will tell you things that... I think would stun and mystify most. Right. But, but then not have a facial expression yeah, to it. Yeah. I just don't. I, yep. Because like genuinely, I don't find it one alarming, two weird, three. Right. I, I don't feel any judgment about it. I, I think that's part of it. Like when you genuinely don't. Feel, don't have a judgment. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay. Like, right. This is just what the person is telling me. It's easier to just like over time, you just kind of get used to being a neutral party. I don't move a whole lot. I kind of like go super still have the opposite yeah. experience i say so i just kind of like i think i'm a little creepy actually <laughs> so i had to like dial back the creepiness i've been told that like um not in therapy but i think people can see my wheels turning when i'm thinking about something mm-hmm. and i try to dial that intensity down just a little bit yeah because i am it's not quite as observable yeah yeah <laughs> So I'm like not actively problem solving. Right. And so I have to kind of dial up the make sure, hey, remember to smile. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or make sure that you're being warm or whatever. Because I think over time you you see so much stuff that you kind of get used to. You're like, okay, this is – I know I have an idea of where this is going. Mm -hmm. And it is rare these days. It does happen. It really does happen. But it's rare to be super surprised, which should make people feel good in the audience because it's like nothing you're going to say is going to like make us feel bashful or weird or think that you're crazy. Right. That just doesn't really happen. Right. Even if you say something that we maybe haven't heard before, it's still not going to necessarily shock us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, no. Because we always heard something in that department. So I have to remember, like, this is the first time that people are telling people this. And just because I've heard it a lot of times right doesn't mean that is isn't still intense for them and yeah. so i have to i'm remember. pretty good with my facial like i'm i'm good at turning that on i think and yeah i don't um i am not good at doing anything that i don't feel so if i <laughs> if i feel it I, it Fair. will happen and yeah. if i don't feel it it won't happen i think uh <laughs> people at first may be put off by that but then i also think later they're like oh yeah okay that's like your way of being non-judgmental i'm like yep okay yep have a jolly rancher go on (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so a lot of assessment is occurring off the bat and what's actually then happening in our heads too while we're while our clients are talking is for me i'm just trying to listen to understand i'm trying to understand what they're experiencing what they're going through i'm trying to process maybe what's actually occurring on like a subconscious level you know what are the internal factors versus the external factors like i'm really trying to process a lot of things while really being present <laughs> and aware yeah it is it's a oh what is that term it's like a dual process is going on. So yeah. we're 
We are monitoring our own emotional experience so that it is out of the way for you to be able to have your full emotional experience in the room. So we kind of put ours off to the side and we might monitor it to our own emotional experience to kind of help to understand yours. Mm-hmm. So if we get a certain feeling or sense about something, we might take that as a clue to ask to ask a follow-up question about right. that sort of thing. But for the most part, a lot of the times the active listening process is about putting aside a lot of stuff and opening space for the client to have whatever reaction they're going to have. And yeah, we might be... I, again, I, this is like yet another experience where you have opposite. My mind goes blank. I'm like, what is this person saying? Okay. Really? Yep. I just listened to the law. I'm like, interesting. Okay. And then what? Like, I just, yeah. I don't have a whole lot of not monitoring my, but again, like I have a different, I get really still. I right. get kind of like You just cold. kind of get in this mode. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which t- I've kind of gotten into that too, but I know that all this stuff is happening in the back process now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not fully aware of all of this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that I'm doing it because it's it's happening. <laughs> it's, it's like the difference between um, they did that study on. Have I referenced this on the show yet? I can't I remember know. the de- the study of physicians where they talked about they. God, I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but there was a research study where they asked young physicians what they were doing in a treatment plan. And then they asked, I think you maybe, I don't know, or maybe we just talked about it. Yeah. And then they asked older physicians what they were doing in a treatment plan. Basically, the study showed that younger physicians could articulate and consciously give you the procedural steps of diagnosis and treatment. Whereas older physicians were just kind of like, I don't know, I just do it. And in it worked. But it still worked. worked. Yeah, Yeah, both worked. (laughs) And it's the difference between automatic and procedural memory, like a step-by-step versus a, a now automatic process. So you're saying like, when you're a newer clinician, these things are all, and that's true. I actually yeah. do remember. Exactly. Yeah. You you remember was... checking yourself when your when my legs started t- twitching. Yes. I remember yes. checking myself when I had a weird emotional facial response. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes. I or, remember. Yeah. 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 In, in grad school, because in grad school, a lot of us. I don't know if this was your experience, but a lot of us we are either watched through a double mirror yes. or they watch you're therapy tapes generally. of ours, yeah. and so somebody is always watching yourself yeah. and so they'll tell you like oh yeah hey weirdo like stop make, doing that <laughs> make sure you're like weird verbal tick is gone or right. make sure that you're not raising your eyebrows in disgust and surprise yeah. <laughs> or so they'll they'll kind of like try to make you a blank slate as much as they can while right. you're in grad school yeah that's that's a really good point i remember yeah i remember it being much more Effortful. Effortful. Yeah. 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 So exactly anymore, this isn't something that I'm like, it doesn't break a sweat in my, you know, <laughs> I don't break a sweat think. quite like I used to when I'm doing this stuff, but I do know that I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, because it's a very different, you sink, I don't know about you, but when I have somebody in the office, I feel myself sink into a very specific, specific zone. And I would imagine maybe it's the flow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it always has to be with theirs. Like you said, it's very much depends on the client mm-hmm. each different so i cur- i mean we curse on here there are some clients that probably have never ever heard me curse because mm-hmm. <laughs> that probably wouldn't work out very well for our rapport <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hear you i hear you yeah it's you get into a headspace where it's something like mm, let's imagine that you're a surfer and you're uh, i don't know a pro surfer you really like surfing whatever it is Probably once you get out onto the water, you know the feel of the waves. Mm-hmm. You know how the ocean moves. And 
you can be attentive to, all right, well, today is a day where the weather is colder and this is going to make the water do whatever. Mm-hmm. Or the wind is blowing, so I'm going to get different kinds of waves or a storm's coming in or it's a beautiful sunny day. And so because the water moves differently doesn't mean you're not still a surfer, but you like you drop into the flow differently in each yeah. wave situation. And it feels to me a lot like that with clients. Like That's I, cool. I, could, I like that. I drop in and I'm like, all right, what are we surfing today? Yeah, let's yeah. Let's let's sort through this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but it does feel very much like a zone to yeah. me, at least. I get in there. I know, but I also. I don't know. It's a it's a very I th- I think I sound like a hippie, but I get like my hands get cold, and my ears and my nose gets cold, and I really get my mind just goes totally blank, and I just hear exactly what they're mm-hmm. what they're saying, and sometimes I'll get like this mm, feeling in my chest or my stomach when I know something is not true. Yeah, you know, I'm like, ooh, what's that? Yeah, yeah. I want to poke at that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it, but it, you're right. Like it didn't start that way. Right. That was not how it started. Right. And even though you think that you're blank, I guarantee you're not. I, I yeah, yeah. Oh, like no, no. Because no. Because for you, like you said, like I am actively listening to what this person is saying. I'm fully listening to every single syllable, word, and sentence. Yes. But. I know that I'm also trying to figure out, okay, what's really going on here? What are all the different factors happening? Is there a self-worth issue, personality? Are there some limiting beliefs? Are there partnership issues, like some like interpersonal dynamics, work, environment? And then what kind of school, schools, Mylanta, what kind of tools (laughs) (laughs) or skills? Skills or schools, whatever you want to say. Uh, what kind of skills or tools would really help them with the specific thing that they're really struggling with? Yeah. Um, That's so funny because now I, I never really realized that or hmm, I didn't think about it this way, but there are many, 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 many things going through my head. Yes, but it's exactly. Like, when certain key words will trigger you to think about like a treatment skill mm-hmm. or, or a treatment type or mm-hmm. – a, a different like, okay, well, if you have this, you probably have some self-worth things going on over here. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because it's now to me, it used to be that way a long time ago. It used to be that way. And I would be like, I'm going to do this cognitive behavioral skill. Like they would say like, oh, I just feel so worthless. And I'd be like, ooh, that's a schema about worthlessness. And I know all of this book learning about worthlessness. And then I'm going to go to this cognitive model and give yeah. them this challenging exercise. Now, not so much. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Oh, oh, in the moment, I say, hmm, interesting. Yeah. I save it all for the end. Yeah, I'm yeah. not interrupting them while they're on their flow. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying, yeah. like, you think about it. Right. Like, you log it. But I don't even log it anymore like that. Like, nice. it doesn't even – it's just, like, all goes into the tapestry, baby. <laughs> and all, like, weaves out in time. I think this is the difference, though, between our learning styles. True. Like, your learning style is much more concrete, and it's like, here are the steps. Categorical. Yes. And the, no, not, I don't yeah. know. It's all spaghetti up there, baby. But, like, I, I'm doing the same thing. It's just... Different. Yeah. I yeah, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't verbally tell you that. Like, I w- if you were to be like, I could tell you the feelings I felt. I yeah. could tell you the emotional responses, the imagery I had. Interesting. What physically was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all this, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trained to do it. And right. I know what the biopsychosocial looks like. But yeah. Yeah. As far as but you the just internal. Do yeah. You yeah. don't think about it anymore. Yeah. It's really, that's interesting. I, I love thinking about it differently this way. 
Yeah. And then so I also really try to make sure that I'm letting the client come to their own understanding of their struggle. Like I try to use like the motivational interview, like you said, ask questions. Yeah. Like I really try not to be direct. But there are times that I will just be like, listen, (laughs) hey, man, hey, listen, (laughs) this is this is not a good situation. Yeah, (laughs) Can't can't come to therapy drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Real basics. Yeah, absolutely. We do. I think both of us do try not to be we kind of leave some Overly open-ended. Directive. Yeah. yeah. But when, it, when there's safety issues, you gotta, there it is. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> right. Well, and you had talked a little bit about how you get feelings in your, you say your stomach mm-hmm. sometimes, a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other thing. So we're trying to keep all this stuff kind of straight and unravel and all while active listening. And we're also having physical sensations mm-hmm. while while we're interacting with you. I mean- that I mean, think think about when you do interact with a new person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get sensations from them. Okay, reflect mm. on it. You probably haven't, but Feelings. do some reflecting. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you what what are kind of the experiences mm. that you tend to have? Yeah. So, I would say that mm, I have to again, like I said, my hands get cold. My tummy might feel something. My chest might feel something. Generally, if I'm in the room with somebody who has a trauma history, I'll kind of, um, I'll start to physically mirror like a more closed off experience and I'll Mm. notice my own physical mirroring. Like when I, when my shoulders hunch in or my arms cross or my legs cross, or I want to be pushed against the wall and I'm like, oh, interesting. I'm picking up what they're doing. That's fun. Um, (laughs) so it's like part of me, I think goes blank enough physically that like, I don't know. It feels like right. the client is writing their story on my body, which is a weird yeah. thing. But it's a, it's a really useful clue right? Um, in a lot of ways. And I'm like, hmm. Or, you know, we're kind of trained to pay attention. And this is not – you would never use this. Let me be clear. You'd never use this just alone. It has to be in conjunction with chart review, behavioral observation, scientific method, et right, right, cetera. Right, right. But um, your own – like – your heart rate going up and you sweating might yeah. be like, huh, like, I, why do I feel weirdly anxious? I'm just here doing my job. Yeah. And, and sometimes, like, emotion contagion can happen in the room. And so you might notice your own heart rate going up and you sweating a little bit. And that might be a cue to you. Or if you're feeling like, oh, huh, I feel angry about that too with them. You might right. notice oh, yeah. your fist clenching. Or, mm-hmm. And so it can help you uh, have a little bit of a window. So I think I notice physically, like, my physical responses seem to mirror what the person in front of me is doing more. Right. Um, and my physical responses – also, I, I have probably the physical responses of somebody who's very concentrated. So, like, if I have to pee before a session, <laughs> don't have to pee now. Or if I'm, like, super hungry before a session – I, yeah. which I really try not to be because <laughs> that hungry therapists are not great therapists. But like if I need a snack and I yeah. need to get somebody back to back and they come in, I, it just goes away. It's like the strangest thing. And then mm-hmm. you're in that headspace now, which don't know how great that is, frankly, but it's a thing that happens. That's my experience at least. Yeah. I don't think I am quite as in like connected as you are I think with your like, mix I feel like I I feel it like if they're if they are telling something that is traumatic or if they, depending on the situation I do sometimes get sensations in my chest or my stomach or even my throat mm-hmm. um, whether or not it's just the experience that they're telling me it has that kind of effect or whether it is 
a vibe that I'm, you know, like, like you mm-hmm. said, if they're lying kind of a thing, like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 Or, oh, this feels a little manipulative. I, I get f- physical sensations of that. So I feel like for me, like, it sounds like you like sync up almost like you're like connected. Sponging. For me, I feel like I just like dip my feet in their water in their mm-hmm. little pond mm-hmm. and kind of like splash around and look around in there you know yeah like I get I get a little splashed on me but I don't like dive all yeah I just I'm right in there I'm right in the water but I think I don't yeah good though I think probably uh I think different strokes for different folks right but I think my way is probably the way to burn out frankly like you have to be really careful with that sort of uh, unfortunately it's an automatic process for me like this Mm. is just a thing that this is what well, is like you happening. said, it's like a mode. It just turns on. Mm-hmm. It's just an auto. It's like, oh, okay, I'm in this mode now. Which, I mean, as a therapist, I think you have to consider that that has really high upside and really high downside. <laughs> Remember, I'm the Porsche, baby. I'm not the minivan. Like, <laughs> I go real fast and I stop real fast and I explode off the earth. Like, I don't really have a lot of in between. So, I think there are therapists who have more of that stance, but I actually don't think that's common like I I wouldn't say I know that there are um so like one of my best therapist friends actually the one we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. lives in Denver she has way more your style super good like um you're look like you're looking in the water for seashells and you're picking the seashells out you might get a little dip in the water right yeah I'm gonna have some sensations and feel and Mm -hmm. shit but I'm not gonna like yeah (laughs) be totally in it yeah yeah but I also think Part of that, too, is the difference between somebody who does drama therapy on the regular and yeah. people who don't. Um, that's fair. I think that's like a – I mean, like, I would have to imagine that you ask the difference between a primary care doc and an ER provider or a surgeon, right? Yeah. Like, there's got to be different types of ways of – I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was actually a point I'm that I am not a real doctor. <laughs> well, that and that was a point that I was going to make – later as well is that we there are different strokes for different folks so different therapists will work better with different demographics like mm-hmm. not everybody could be a trauma therapist not everybody mm-hmm. could work with inmates and or sex offenders no wait, because you, know? you need the seashell technique with the inmates right? yeah like you're gonna need the like searching around don't splash in there too much we need to find the shells and just kind of examine what's going on right. i'm not about to I'm not about to sink my state with that ter- that terrorizing thing. <laughs> but why though? <laughs> yeah, uh, especially yeah, especially if it's a um you're exactly right I think it depends on the patient, it depends on the person. It depends. This- yeah, it's all and and that's why too. I mean, when you are looking for a therapist, look for somebody who does jive with you because some therapists aren't going to be able to match your energetic level and be able Mm -hmm. to actually like groove with you in a way through that session and some people you might walk in and tell your thing of like nope you're not the one for me yeah take that's okay take it (laughs) yeah well and I think about too like even if you were just you had patients with depression you probably wouldn't want to groove in that particular sort of surfing way that I described because you need to be able to keep your head up out of the water to be able to see right what's maybe like just their depression talking and what's it's different I have a very different experience it's same with anxiety actually yeah you have to kind of get that bird's eye view and look above Mm -hmm. right and be more aware of it I have it it's a different experience with trauma in the sense of like that feels a lot more like you've got to be a little in the sauce with somebody to Mm -hmm. be able to actually because 
otherwise people people smell a rat people with a trauma history just they know if you're not right there with them like yeah and i don't blame them for wanting to make sure somebody is actually like feeling what they're feeling in that situation right but again it's a it's a hmm, you got to be careful with that way you got to be careful with that way i wouldn't i wouldn't it's not for everyone and you have to have a damn good self-care right that's what i was gonna say yeah a real good way to detach at after work mm-hmm. and so yeah so that's the other thing with with being a therapist is there is a lot of energetic transmission or trans yeah. you know like we we are experiencing a lot of what you're experiencing like the emotional pain like i i honestly always feel like i'm like kind of trying to transmute like emotional pain into like peace and comfort like i'm trying mm-hmm. to like suck in all the all the things that you're doing and like turn it into something else mm-hmm um, well, hey, careful. That doesn't sound like seashell finding. That's out. true. That sounds more like what I'm doing. Well, but I take the seashell and I shine it up. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And then right. I hand it back. I'm going to get all of these shells. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But because of that, there is. There's compassion fatigue. There's vicarious trauma that mm-hmm. we can experience as yep. therapists and burnout. And and that's all just from that indirect exposure and being in the moment and truly holding space for somebody else and their struggles. Right. And so burnout is basically when you just, eh, you're feeling mad at the system or you're feeling like you are cynical or detached or Mm -hmm. isolated, whereas vicarious trauma or secondary trauma is more like you're actually taking on the patient's experiences. Right. Um, And if that's happening, man, ooh, you got to take a beat. That is, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, But sometimes I think that if if somebody's experience is nasty enough, I think it's pretty hard not to have some level of like, I mean, I don't care how good of a therapist you are and how much trauma you've done. Some some people will come at you and you'll be like, wow, okay, I'm going to need to take a day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I more mean like vicarious trauma and secondary trauma is longer lasting than a day i guess so yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. not like if you're having a day i mean we all have a day but if you're having more than a day that's that's like more than a couple right. days more than yeah, a couple yeah. weeks that's when that's when it's are... actually vicarious trauma yeah. yes yeah. is because you are carrying on their trauma yeah. from you listening to it yeah kind of yeah, yeah exactly so that is something that can happen so yeah like there there are literal physical emotional and psychological impacts that happened from feeling empathy for other, from being there with our clients. And from all of that, we can get, you know, burnout. We can get those hypervigilance, that numbness. Mm-hmm. You know, that comes a lot with compassion fatigue and burnout. And yeah. just I think more than anything, the thing I feel after a really long day is just like <laughs> – my friend says it this way. She says, I feel like mush in a cardigan. And it's just like you're <laughs> yeah. just a you're just a potato person at the end of the day. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, that was something else. And you just kind of like sit down and th- it's like yeah. the brain what is static. What is your after day? How do you how do you I have a pretty um strict way of dealing with these things and I have to. Um mm-hmm. first of all, I have my own shit and I have to also make sure that I am like shaking off the other shit. Yep. So I'm very 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 intense about my self-care. Um and I think and my boundaries. I think um I think people would perceive me as very Slytherin in a lot of ways. Um, And everybody thinks old Sunny is crazy, but I've got a real serious plan and it helps me to be efficient. And that basically means like 
I exercise five days a week. If I don't, I will lose my shit. And Mm -hmm. so like I got to go for a run or I got to lift some weights or I've got to do some yoga, but I've got to do something so that I change the physical energy of my Mm -hmm. body after I'm done because that's that's not going to be good. I get really good sleep. I sleep a lot. I need a lot of sleep and I will always get my sleep. (laughs) So that's the other thing I do. I do a lot of talking with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of friends who are therapists. That's not a big surprise. Um, but I will call them. I even have like dial buddies at work on during the day who I'll talk to and be like, that was bananas. <laughs> like, how do I, yeah. you know, process that? So I call people up at work and I process with them or I call people who are friends. And then once work is done, I don't, I mean, I've got a 15 minute timeline of talking about work when I'm out of work. Um, but I don't, go into gore details with anybody obviously because of privacy but I also kind of like mentally put up a line there um I do a lot of I mean I do meditating I take like a super hot shower afterwards Mm -hmm. I watch tv I get really good like nutrition so it's it's very much a I go back to the physical basics first, and then once I get those things taken care of, then I'll go up a level to things like creativity, like drawing or painting or meditation. Yeah. Um, And I also don't work five days a week. I can't. Uh, My brain won't do it. Like, I just, I can't. I can do four days. That is my maximum amount of days, and I know that about myself. Right. Um, She is still working 40 hours, though, guys. Yeah, it's... (laughs) That is too many hours. I think I probably do need to eventually cut back even. And that's something like I think as therapists, we get really hmm, trapped into the concept of that we need to help as many people as we possibly can. But the yeah. reality is, is we are also people. And you, right. don't, you don't want a surgeon who's had no sleep, right. who isn't taking good care of themselves yeah. and is chain smoking and doing cocaine before your surgery. Like you need somebody who is right. like fresh and together. And right. I, I think about it the same way. And so really, I mean, I could go on a tangent here, but I think the way we take care of mental health care providers in this country is just absolute insane like, any healthcare provider yeah, to be honest yeah we just don't we expect way too much of our healthcare providers like we the amount physicians oh my god residency how quickly they have to see these people it's, it's ridiculous just insane like, even even with us it's ridiculous yeah but, it is anyway total anyway, tangent yeah what about you what do you do well, for me, after work, I pretty much always walk the dog. So that mm-hmm. is like me getting kind of shaking it out physically. I try to really be mindful. Like if there's things that I need to process mentally during the day, like I'll think about them and process them. But otherwise, I try to just be present and detach from it and let it all go and leave it leave it at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I often do try to shower and kind of like wipe myself like Mm -hmm. (laughs) wipe myself off kind of yep uh energetically i know the great cleansing yes (laughs) and yeah i mean i i do try to consistently do self-care and just self-compassion try to make that work-life balance and separation and do periodic things like you said i mean i'm gonna try to eat healthy granted lately i've really not been doing great on that (laughs) (laughs) i'm not Uh, in a place of judgment uh yeah yeah sometimes we ebb and we flow but i do try to be consistent with that and i do always at least try to detach from the day when i get home and and leave work at work because i do notice that there are times where if if i don't do those kind of conscientious efforts to detach from that then it'll spill over and cause some kind of chaos (laughs) you know like i'll come out sideways on something silly that didn't need to be that way yeah absolutely and i think too um relatedly related to the boundaries related to work um 
I think one of the big things I do, again, this is me just being a butthole, I guess, but I don't let people into my life that cause disturbance in my levels of peace and happiness. I can't. I can't both do my job the way it currently exists and have people in my life who are chaotic bad. Chaotic bad is a Dungeons and Dragons term, everybody. <laughs> chaotic evil uh, can't really exist for me. Like I, yeah. if I, if I have that sort of energy, so it's not that. Um, my friends don't have problems or they don't call me with their problems or my family doesn't call me with their problems or I don't, I do listen to those things, but I am super clear about what I've got to offer that day. Yeah. And I'm not, it's not going beyond that. Um, and I, again, I sound like no. the Iron Maiden. Generally after work, I I don't want to talk to anybody. See, yeah. Like I don't call anyone. I don't, and that's for people who are my friends, you know that I don't I don't talk to you for months. Like I I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but when I call when we meet up or when we talk, I still like we pick up right where we left off. But yeah. I just don't have the energy to talk to people and yeah. I don't have the energy to comprehend. So if somebody's talking at me, I'm probably just gonna stare at you blankly for a while <laughs> <laughs> and not actually process yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Um I think I'm more um extroverted personally and yeah, so like that I could be have to be I do have to interact with people to draw my life force back to normal or something. But I hear you totally when it's like, there's a line about how we're (laughs) we're interacting. So I do have to see a lot of people. Unfortunately, (laughs) that's just my makeup. But yeah, the, the way in which that goes down has to be like, yeah, I can't listen to your issue about your mom for, Six hours. I just, I really can't. And I think that would be unreasonable even if I wasn't a therapist. I was going to say six hours. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this person? (laughs) Yeah. So the point is, is that we have to take really, really good care of ourselves in order to present in the way that we do in session. It takes a lot of effort. It does. It It does. Because we're trying to use these, these strategies and skills on ourselves as you've observed us as well talking about right um and and we're trying to help you implement yours and we're trying to make sure that we're not letting our own stuff spill into your stuff yeah and we're trying to be non-biased and judgmental but also pick it all apart Mm -hmm. while putting it all together (laughs) yeah yeah it's a it's there's a lot going on in that room and it does take a lot of training for as Michaela pointed out for all of these very meticulous procedures to become automatic right and it yeah it's quite a bit so I don't know. Is there a thing that we could do for homework? I guess my homework could be just like noticing shit I do in session, <laughs> becoming more aware. Because I'm just like, I'm just I'm in here. Well, clearly, you do it well way. though. It doesn't matter. I yeah, mean, I, <laughs> I guess people are reporting satisfaction. That's because I hypnotize them. Just kidding. That's not real. That's not real. <laughs> yeah, but I think my homework might just be to like do huh, a little more like observation. You're, you're pointing out that there are like all of these different steps and. I think I am probably taking all of these steps. I just don't even notice I right. do it anymore. Again, though, because because I because my brain's a little different. <laughs> I gotta break it down. <laughs> I like your different brain. It's cool. It's useful to me anyway. Yeah, it works. <laughs> so, what about you? What are you trying trying to do for homework? I think I'm going to amp up my healthy self care. I need yeah. I need a little more taking care of my jelly beans. I also maybe need to not eat as much to cope right now. <laughs> My last homework was like to eat more garbage and be less per- perfectionistic. We were like totally on the opposite train. It's really funny. Like, yeah, it's funny to see. I'm sure there are people who relate to both. Yeah. Eat less to cope. Hell yeah, man. Uh, it's been a thing. It's been a thing right now. Uh, and I, so I need to 
replace that with maybe a few more walks and maybe doing some Zumba or something. Mm. That's, that's what I should be doing. Now, whether or not that occurs, we'll, we'll see. Okay, walks and Zumbas <laughs> and not eating candy. It, well, listen, if you it's were- going to eat, I'm going to eat candy. I just need to eat less of it. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is a lot of things. I'm really looking forward to how these things all go. I'm just going to try to notice what the hell I'm doing. Doing in session. That's, that's fair. That's I'm going to keep it really minimal, guys. <laughs> so. Oh, Sunny. What? What do you call a therapist when they fall down for no reason? Mm, I don't know. A Freudian slip. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was really, really good. Okay. Well, guys, thanks for tuning into our podcast this week. We are hoping to see you back next time. Um, keep in mind that we do have a Patreon. Oh, my gosh. Hey, we did it. We did it. Okay, we got, we got it. it in there. We're doing yeah. it. So Please check out our Patreon, guys. <laughs> yep. www.patreon.com forward slash shrinkthinks. We have a Gmail, shityourshrinkthinks at gmail.com. And we have an Instagram now, too. So what's up? Yeah. <laughs> check us out. Follow so, us. Like us. Check us out. Oh, yeah. And um, if you are on Apple Podcasts, feel free to, or on any of your podcasting platforms, do follow us because that increases the amount of downloads. It's very helpful to us. Yep. And then, um, yeah, rate and review us. Uh, give us those ego snacks. We'd love to hear it. Please. Please. <laughs> um, nom nom. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.